Hello and welcome to this IBR Extra, a podcast from the Iowa Business Report, presented by Advance Iowa, comprehensive solutions for better business. Let's work together. More at AdvanceIowa.com and search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook. I'm Jeff Stein. It's called Foundry 4.0, a partnership between the Defense Logistics Agency and the National Center for Defense Manufacturing and Machining and the University of Northern Iowa and Youngstown State University. The idea is to provide American-based foundries with a competitive edge in technology while optimizing productivity, output, and product quality. In December 2022, two members of the NCDMM team spent a week in Cedar Falls to view the University of Northern Iowa components, including on-site visits with many Iowa industries. Brian Schmidt is program manager. Ken Carson is senior program engineer, both with the National Center for Defense Manufacturing and Machining, NCDMM. I asked Brian Schmidt about the entity and how this partnership came to be. NCDMM is the National Center for Defense Manufacturing and Machining. We specialize in manufacturing or advanced manufacturing solutions, in particular for the DOD. So we help the DOD do what they do from a manufacturing perspective better. Ken, how does that then tie with partnerships like what is called Foundry 4.0? The 4.0 is actually just trying to improve the manufacturing, either from a data standpoint or from just uh, improving the process overall. How is it, Brian, that the partnership with these two universities, University of Northern Iowa and Youngstown State University, how did that materialize? NCDMM specializes in assembling the optimal team to provide the optimal solution for whatever issue that we are posed with. So UNI and YSU are both known as experts in uh, foundry operations, metal casting. It was easy for us to find YSU. We have a working relationship with them. At one point, they were co-located with us. In addition to that, we had a standing relationship with UNI, uh, in particular Jerry Thiel, and understood that he was a, a great advocate of this activity and was well-known and respected within this manufacturing method. So it just made perfect sense to take entities known in their field separately and put this all together. How unique is a relationship like that in a field like this? I think that we are finding that sand casting, metal casting is very close-knit. So it's not that we have run into anyone that wasn't unknown or they had not known either Jerry Thiel or UNI, or YSU, by capitalizing on their outreach within that manufacturing method, metal casting, we are attempting to and will be putting together assets at those locations to provide a sense of the art of the possible within metal casting, in particular through injection of advanced technologies within an industry or a manufacturing method that has been found to be lagging as far as adoption of advanced technologies. It's one of the things, Ken, that I think people may know a little bit about what UNI does in some of these areas, but actually may not know 
that the Foundry 4.0 location is at the TechWorks and may not know about some of these other locations. You've had the chance to see a lot of this firsthand this week during your visit to Iowa. What what have you seen? And, and give me your impressions. When I went to you and I, I actually have a degree that's similar to what they're offering. I got it back in the mid-90s. So I have a vested interest there. So they are spending a lot of time and money expanding their applied engineering program, which for me, it's better for the industry. You're getting a student that has more hands-on training versus an engineer that's more theory. So I think that that will service the industry a whole lot more. That's a dynamic partnership, right? Because uh, to phrase it a different way, there's book learning and there's applied learning. And this is the way to merge both of those for optimal benefit for the industry. Correct. And the president actually came and saw us and I was able to ask that same question that this uh, curriculum was driven more from an industry level versus academic pushing it on the industry. So they are very in the industry. They're in touch and they're getting feedback from there. So they're adjusting their curriculum as, as the industry changes. So I think they're on a cutting edge. You've been to some of the facilities here, so I'll ask you, Ken, first. What is it that you see either at the Cedar Valley Tech Works or at different locations near our airport on the north end of town? So what I saw, like this morning we went to the John Deere foundry, very high tech. Of course, uh, a lot of money goes into that, so they they can afford that. They do large castings and all that. So they they have a very high um, automated system with the foundry 4.0. The other day, we went to a Dotson, a company just north of here. They are a smaller company, but they are also adapting the same principles, just on a lower scale. And they want to do more. So that's that's where we come into play, where we create this partnership. And we, with Jerry and his uh, tech works, we show them how to do that. So Jerry's actually setting up robot sales and all that, where they can show the industry what's possible if it is, you know, follow these principles. That to me is interesting, Brian, because you've got an industry that is always wanting to keep current. You mentioned deer. Obviously, they are more efficient if they are more technologically advanced, etc. But to have these satellite centers, if you will, that are able to experiment without the drive of profits and the timeline. And I'm not saying that they're not efficient, but that's the whole point. They can do things in terms of research and development that perhaps a for-profit company can't. That is correct. And that does multiple things. But some of the things that we're attempting to capitalize on for that is provide that sense of the art of the possible. So you have a small and medium-sized manufacturer that typically does not have the revenue generation that a John Deere, as an example, would. Sure. Or the capital expenditure ability that a John Deere would. So they can come to the center of excellence, whether it be here at UNI or closer uh, on the East Coast to YSU, and see what the art of the possible is, to see the technology in use, and even uh, maybe even uh, make the leap. They may be on the fence, make the leap to adoption of some of that advanced manufacturing technology, whether it be automation, automated uh, data collection, all of those types of things. Because one thing that we found this week in talking to some of the manufacturers here, automation doesn't necessarily mean robots. It can be automation of standard processes 
whether it be inspection, review, vision systems, those types of things. It's not in any way, shape, or form just limited to implementation of robots. We have talked in a variety of ways, in a variety of times on these programs about how, quote, manufacturing does not mean what it used to mean. In other words, there's a a gap in general public knowledge about what it means to go into manufacturing. Do you find that as you gentlemen go across the country and talk to people, is that still the case and, and what can be done to help bridge the knowledge gap, if you will? I travel across the United States and I see a lot of different manufacturing operations in addition to what we're doing on this program. That is an overriding misconception. The days of the dirty, dark, dank, industrial, you know, with a lot of safety issues and a lot of injuries and, you know, all of those negative byproducts of working in a facility like that. Typically now it is well-lit, extremely safe. You have to be technically proficient and be able to understand technology, interface with technology. The sky is the limit, essentially, in the manufacturing realm. We had seen examples of that today. One of their CEOs or presidents had come on 15, 20 years prior as a general laborer, and they elevated themselves. And that is also credit to that company as well because they provided those resources and that ability to climb that ladder to go to school, to do the things that got them to that point. Invested in the employee absolutely, all the way up. Part of the challenge of implementing all this technology is what we're hearing too. The workforce skill set is not there. So the UIs of the world are helping bridge that. The education of the technology to be able to run this, to troubleshoot, to maintain it, maintenance, all the skill trades are not there. So there's also a lack there. So maybe a a company wants to put in all this technology, but who's going to run it? Who's going to maintain it? So there's a a challenge there as as well. You know, and we have talked to people, again, this is not just an Iowa issue. This is a national issue, and it's not just in manufacturing. Of course, we're hearing about it in all segments. But given what a large percentage of GDP, not only for the nation, but in the state of Iowa, the largest individual cohort within GDP is manufacturing. Now, granted, a lot of it is related to agriculture. A lot of people would say, well, it's got to be agriculture, but it's actually manufacturing. And so everything that that you're saying, it really suggests a, a reinvention of mindset of people of a certain age. Maybe not younger people. They may see it, but it may be their parents, I'm told, that just don't quite know because they knew what they knew, but it's very different now. How will you measure success, ultimately, of a program like Foundry 4.0? I'll start by saying, so this is a government-funded program. Defense Logistic Agency is interested in solidifying the supply chain with respect to cast parts. So with that being said, the resiliency, one way that can be increased is through flexibility and understanding of how technology can increase output, can increase quality those good metrics that we like to hear within manufacturing space. So the success will be measured at the end of this program, typically programs or projects. The team will assemble a final report stating all of the good things that we have done in that program. This success will be measured through sustainability of the activity after the program has been completed. 
Because it's one thing to say, here's a limited duration program with limited funding and we all had a good experience. But if it does not go to that next level, you are wasting your time. Correct. And in every team meeting that we have had to this point, I stress the fact we are stewards of all of our money. This is government federal funds, right? So that's taxpayer dollars. We are stewards of that money. I do not want this to be a nice, shiny final report sitting on somebody's desk somewhere. I want this to end up being you and I has developed an increased level of awareness within their network that they can be that center of excellence and they can provide that art of the possible to those folks that are on the fence or that don't understand or don't know what they don't know. So through our experience in manufacturing, NCDMM's experience in manufacturing, we are able to identify good stakeholders, good team members. That's the strength that we bring to projects. That being UNI and YSU, we are able to capitalize on their network, their collaborative skill, their collaborative culture, which dovetails well with ours. We are able to provide additional resources as needed. Have you had a chance to visit Youngstown in the same way? I have visited smaller foundries in the Youngstown area, Oaks Foundry in in particular. It's family-owned. I feel it is a typical small foundry. Knocking it out of the park, meeting payroll, but I think it's always the question of, yeah, I'd like to get into advanced manufacturing technologies or automation or insert buzzword here, but where do I start? So by starting with communicating to us, relying on us and or the YSU or UNI of the, of the area, and being able to start that communication and understand the art of the possible and understand where those things can be applied. Because not only are we talking about the implementation of advanced manufacturing technologies or automation, we're developing a business model as well so that we can do the business analysis to see what makes sense, what the rate of return is, what the return on your investment would be. Really provide a holistic understanding of what automation or advanced manufacturing technologies or industry 4.0 or data or insert one of those buzzwords here, what that means to you in your specific scenario. And there's a lot of grant money out there as well, so the they can also provide that assistance because maybe they won't have to raise all this, this money by themselves. So there is state or federal funds possible. By having a relationship with the universities in the area, institutes, your regional MEPs, they can provide guidance on potential funding available to either investigate your manufacturing facility to understand what can be applicable and or funds that may be available to help. Brian Schmidt is program manager. Ken Carson is senior program engineer, both with the National Center for Defense Manufacturing and Machining. We spoke in Waterloo on Thursday, December 15, 2022. A portion of the conversation aired in the 159th edition of our weekly program, which aired during the third weekend of January 2023. Two entities under the UNI Business and Community Services operation play a significant role in the Industry 4.0 Foundry Partnership, the Center for Business Growth and Innovation, and the Metal Casting and Foundry 4.0 Centers. The Iowa Business Report, radio program and podcast is presented by Advance Iowa, 
educating, guiding, advising, and coaching Iowa businesses. Search for Advance Iowa on LinkedIn and Facebook and get more at AdvanceIowa.com. Support for the Iowa Business Report also comes from the Iowa Business Council, a nonpartisan nonprofit organization working to elevate Iowa's economy through leadership, research, and advocacy. Learn more at iowabusinesscouncil.org. The Iowa Business Report airs on dozens of radio stations across the state of Iowa, with podcasts posted right here, along with additional IBR extras and IBR business profiles. I'm Jeff Stein for the Iowa Business Report.